either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, this week we're looking at one really good one, one really bad one, and a few others uh, along the scale in between. We'll check them all out. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we're from MadWolf.com. Let's start out with the really good one. Redemption is the long game, and Paul Schrader's The Card Counter, told with Schrader's trademark cinematic intensity. The revenge thriller tells the story of an ex-military interrogator turned gambler haunted by the ghosts of his past. It's The Card Counter. This is how it starts. Just a fleeting thought. You might want a piece of what I'm going to do. Then it builds. What is that? Set things straight. It doesn't matter to me if you did something bad in your past. Nothing, nothing can justify what we did. Is it possible to know when one reaches the limit? You have to be the strangest poker player I ever met. Oh, you have no idea. Well, it's probably not going to be a surprise when you talk about a Paul Schrader movie having to uh, deal with the theme of redemption. And it's not a surprise when you we say that Oscar Isaac is tremendous in this movie. But you put him together, and really you've got one of the best that we've seen so far this year. Yeah, no question about it. Oscar Isaac is, is absolutely mesmerizing in this movie. And, you know, he always is. Like, he's never turned in a performance that wasn't exceptional. And I'm, I'm hoping that this is the year that the Academy pays attention to that. Yeah, because that's overdue. It is. I agree with you. One of the things I think is so interesting about this movie is that it is a gambling movie, but unlike almost any other gambling movie, the movie is not about the thrill, the anxiety. It's not even about money. Not really. He is a card counter, and what he gambles, he prefers to play blackjack because it's all about the numbers. It's about the odds. The predictability of gambling is comforting to mm-hmm. him he likes routine mm-hmm. you know he's it's it's such an incredible character and it is it's it's, it's a very an essential Paul Schrader lead you yeah, know because that is a very interesting angle to take because everything you hear about compulsive gambling they, they always hear from the the experts that it's not the actual winning of the money it's the thrill of placing the bet mm-hmm. that the people are addicted to and to break this down to not the thrill, but the you have find comfort in the routine. That's very interesting. It is. And it, and at the same time, it maybe sounds a little dull, right? <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like, wow, that's uh, so we're not going to talk about the thrill of it. But, it, you know, it, it's it's set in such an interesting world. You know, the thrill is going on around him and you can see him functioning. This is a way for him to sort of rein in his internal conflict. And that's what I think makes this character so similar to to other Schrader characters, to to Travis Bickle or to Ethan Hawke. First reformed. Ethan oh, Hawke's yeah. character from yeah. First Reformed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He 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 tends to um usually fixate on a male who's sort of isolated and whose inner demons are threatening to break out. And so he's sort of compulsive about restraining them right. in one way or another. And, right. and and that's really where the tension comes. And he falls into kind of these, these strange relationships, one with a young man played by Ty Sheridan, who I always love, mm-hmm. and the other with um, a woman who finds backers for professional gamblers. Mm-hmm. And she's played by Tiffany Haddish. 
which does, as, as we talked about on TV this morning, it seems like an unusual choice because she's hilarious and she's generally thought of as a comedic actor. But she's also, she's a much more versatile actor than I think people yeah, realize. Yeah, and that, because we've said here on this podcast, many roles in a row we keep, well, Tiffany Haddish is wasted. we looking for that, that because she is very, very funny and she's been in supposedly comedy movies that weren't very funny. you got to find that right vehicle. It's so interesting that this one seems to fit, and it's not a comedic role. No, it's not at all. Although she does have, I mean, she brings levity to the situation, which is nice. She's got a lot of personality in this Mm -hmm. movie, which is good, because it needs a little bit of that sort of uh, flourish, you know, um, levity. And his very routine lifestyle that helps him to function in this world gets of course upset that as it as is necessary for there to be something to happen in the movie and so then the the whole thing is is where it's going to go from there it's a meticulously written movie as mm-hmm. you would expect but it's also for me i think a much more visually interesting yeah. sort of compelling film than i'm used to from schrader he's he's always been one of the greatest screenwriters and he has in spurts been a great director first reform was brilliantly directed yeah yeah but and he's not one... always at the top of his game he is here because it it's sort of broken down in in different styles for the different locations, the different par- uh, the parts of uh, his world that exactly. he inhabits. Yeah, the the casino, of course, it's it's a bit, bit noisy, a bit colorful, you know. And uh, then the prison segments are very sterile and contained and colorless. And then there's a whole other segment that is his kind of wounded past that is shot with a fisheye. To give it a very nightmarish feel, but also yeah. a little bit like a first-person shooter video game feel. That's interesting. It is. Yeah. It's, and, and that could be overdone, and it isn't here. I mean, he does it just often enough to really make it nightmarish. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really well-made film. Yeah, well, when you get an actor of this caliber together with a writer-director of this caliber, you hope that the results come somewhere close to this. And yeah. it's so nice that it, it did come out so well. Definitely one of the best of the year so far. And it's exclusively in theaters It is right now. So uh, please check it out. It's called The Card Counter. All right, that was the very, very good one this week. Let's just dive right in to the very, very bad one. Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are, in fact, terrifying realities. It is malignant. Whatever it was, it's back. He killed again. He's getting closer. He wants to talk to you. Mom, what do you know? He's coming for me. It is bad. It's so bad. This is the latest from James Wan. He directed it. He also gets a story credit. And if you look over James Wan, all right, everything that he's done has not been a classic, but it's solid. He's done some oh my solid, goodness, yes. solid work. Yeah, he's starting with Saw, which is yeah. not our favorite, but that was uh, that was a groundbreaking film. And, of course, Insidious, which was yeah. magnificent. Conjuring. The Conjuring, which is one of the greatest even, you know, ghost story movies ever. Even, even Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, uh, but this... And, in fact, he might have done my favorite of the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. I mean, who saw this coming? This is terrible. It's so, <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, the first five minutes are so bad. I really thought, okay, there's got to be a reason. 
Uh, is this a dream? Is this some sort of TV show? <laughs> there had to be a reason that it's so bad here in the first opening minutes. But no, it sets the stage for the entire movie. It is so ludicrous. The the acting is so overdone. Uh, every, the directing is so overdone. The writing is just the writing is hideous. terrible. The story is ridiculous. It, yes, it, it leads to a twist that you guessed it, ten minutes in. Very very early in. He didn't. Okay, you got it ninety nine percent right. Yeah, <laughs> which is it's supposedly a horror movie. It's a mystery, I guess. It does get bloody if that's what you're in it for uh, toward the end. Uh, which takes too long in coming because if it's you're nearly got, two hours, it's nearly two hours long. And if if you're going to be this bad, man, at least do it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we should say, but that counts because we waited till the very end because we thought maybe there might be something at yeah, the end, a yeah. stinger. There was not. No. But uh, yeah, Annabelle Wallace is the lead, and and I felt sorry for her and for really everybody else in the cast because you know that they signed up to do a James Bond movie. They were yeah. probably very excited, and uh, and this is what they got. Terrible. Uh, and she's she has been good in other things. She's been kind of lackluster in in, in certain things as well. But uh, and I kept thinking to myself, God, she's terrible. And then I'm like, I don't know how anybody could have salvaged this character who yeah. could have done anything with this writing. I agree. And we should say, if we're going to talk about the cast. If you want to feel old, <laughs> as we did when we figured out who this one face was, like, who is that? Where have I seen that person? It is the bratty teenage girl from Uncle, Uncle Buck. Buck. All bug? Grown is there a bug, bug here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All grown up, and uh, she has a, a an important role that we're not going to spoil. Jean Louisa Kelly. Uh, is in this, and I'm like, wow, it's been that long since Uncle Buck. But yeah, it's just, it's a terrible movie. It's <laughs> it, almost something in every scene makes no sense. They're <laughs> reacting to something that either it, you're reacting too quickly or it's a character talks to themselves for no reason right. just to clue you in right. on what's going Oh, I can't move. Yeah. Okay, thank you for that. It, it's it's just awful. It's awful. So maybe we should move on. It's in theaters, and it's also on and HBO, on HBO Max. Max. So there you go. If you really want it for spooky season, you want to watch a bad horror movie, j- don't pay money. Watch right. it on if HBO you Max. Have HBO Max, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Malignant, oh, the stinker this week for sure. Let's get back on the positive side. A Spanish teacher and her student develop an unexpected friendship. It's language lessons. I'm your Spanish teacher. Will, did you buy me a hundred Spanish lessons? Yeah. Why? Because you wanted to learn Spanish, dummy. Oh. Buenos dias, Adam. Yo no sé tu nombre. Oh. Todo el mundo me dice cariño. Ah. I stalked your social media. What? What I wanted to say, but I was kind of afraid to say, is... Yes. Adam. Yes. Stop calling me so late. It's so unprofessional. <laughs> I know that we are all burned out on Zoom meetings, but <laughs> try to get past it and watch this movie because it's just delightful. Yeah, this is a Zoom call movie. Um, and yeah, you're right. That's a good point. We're probably a lot of us are sick of it, but this is a reason, a good reason to take a Zoom call. Uh, it's it's basically a two. It's a two hander, pretty much a a two-person show. There is one or two other cast members, but it was uh, written by Mark Duplass and Natalie Morales, and Natalie Morales directs. And uh, she also directed... She's a a long-time actress Mm -hmm. uh, that has moved in directing, and just earlier this year we saw uh, she directed Plan B, which is just a really smart and funny teen sex comedy. I really like that one. Uh, And now she's back, and this one is... 
it's just it's touching. It's funny. It's warm. It's a pandemic movie without being a pandemic movie, because, yes, it's a pandemic production. You can see that there's only a very limited cast. They're not even together. They're on Zoom calls that tells the story of Mark Duplass's character, Adam. And he just wakes up one morning to find that his husband has gifted him the gift of Spanish lessons right. over Zoom uh, for the next two years, <laughs> one a week with Carino. And she's in Costa Rica, played by Morales. And so that's how the relationship starts. And they slowly, they, they, he, he actually speaks Spanish pretty well. So a lot of this is in Spanish, uh, with subtitles, obviously. Um, so, but he misses the days when he spoke it more often because he's now very, very wealthy. And he lives a very privileged life in California. And remembrances of his of his past years sort sort of uh, helped to soothe his liberal guilt a little bit about his situation now, and that's one of the reasons he wants to converse more. So that's how their relationship starts, and they get to know each other, and and maybe make some assumptions about each other that may or may not be correct, and may end up angering the other one. And then, barely twenty minutes in, something major, major, major happens that you don't expect, and they have to react to that as they go along. So they just develop this relationship over the series of these calls and as they learn to care about each other we care about them and because of the script it's highly improvisational so natural so organic the way they react to each other and the performances are just great uh, the writing is very funny i wouldn't call this an all-out laugh out loud comedy but it's it's warm and there's certainly a lot of humor in it and it's just delightful it, it really is it's just charming uh, really liked it a lot. It's in select theaters right now, I think opening up to a wider release soon. I hope so, because this is one, even so, like, like you said, Zoom calls were like, really? <laughs> it's one of those deals where do we have to be reminded of the days we're living in? But it's funny, because even though they're separated, they're separated by circumstance, not by lockdown. They never mention, even though they're on Zoom and they're only having to meet through camera, it's not a situation where they're dealing with what we are all dealing with right now. So even though it's, on one hand, a reminder of the days we're living in, on the other hand, it's it's an escape. And it does a good job using these two characters to show us that even in the toughest times, maybe especially in the toughest times, you can have your life enriched by sharing it with someone else, even when it's really hard to do that. So maybe make more friends and fewer excuses. And uh, it's called Language Lessons. Loved it. Those are the three, I guess, big releases this week. Uh, so before we move on, let's talk about big news from our world. We have, we're have we moving into <laughs> reviewing other people's movies to putting ourselves out there, and maybe somebody will review ours. We've got a new project, your first feature film as writer and director, and I'm helping to produce. It's called Obstacle Corpse. Yep, and we're very excited. So we have made three short films in the last year and a half, and uh, they've actually done really well for us. I've been writing scripts for, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years, and that they've done well for us as well. Yeah. And so now it's just time, you know. It's a horror film. Not everybody maybe loves horror films. We do. <laughs> uh, uh, as you might recall, we have another podcast that's all about horror movies, and of course we've been studying films for, we've been film critics for 20 years. So Yeah, yeah. the horror movie uh, podcast is called Fright Club, by the way. But the, yeah, this is Obstacle Corpse, and we've already done the short film, uh, and now we're ready to move up. Yeah, actually, the short film is going to show uh, at Scream Fest, which is a major, major uh, horror film festival, genre film festival. It's also going to show at Nightmares Film Festival. Again, another major, major genre film festival. So we're excited about that. 
And so we've kicked off the crowdfund for Yay. it. And it's a story about a girl, uh, a young woman who just wants to prove to her father that she can take care of herself. Her father's a bit of, of a survivalist. So she decides to run this very exclusive obstacle course style race. Like a mud run. Like a yeah. mud run, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing, to prove herself. And what she finds out is that she's being hunted by the other runners. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's funny. I think more than anything, that's what I'm I'm really excited about. Yeah. It's funny. It's also bloody. It is a horror movie, <laughs> right? Is. There's a lot of bloodletting happening in this. Yeah, but so- one of the reasons we did it is because you run these races. Yeah, well, that's how basically this idea came about. Because one time when I was running one of them, I thought you were going to go and do something else. But you followed along pretty much to each obstacle and then started getting the idea that, you know, people could kill people right here. <laughs> yeah, you know, the first one that you went to, I was also supposed to run, and or maybe it was your second one, and I had my, I was in an orthotic boot. Right. And, uh, and then I think the next one, I was also, I was still in an orthotic boot. I mean, I had troubles with that for several years, so I wound up really observing these races from the inside, and they're... There's something actually very fun and very fun-loving about them. There's also something about them I found really alarming. And then also, of course, they're in this isolated wooded area, which terrifies me. So that was where the spark came from. Yeah, so we plan to shoot in the spring. Obviously, we're looking for more funds to do that. We would love to have you join our team. We've got an Indiegogo uh, crowdfunding project up right now. And even if you can't uh, contribute that way, totally understand. But you can contribute by sharing the project. That helps immensely as well. And you can find it all uh, on our website at madwolf.com. Yes, come join Team Obstacle Corps. Yay! All right, our next film is a series of events spinning wildly out of control when three lifelong friends agree to do a favor on behalf of the brash young woman they all adore. This is called Small Engine Repair. I've been working in this shop for over 10 years, trying to give my daughter a future. What the hell's going on here, Frank? I ruined Crystal's life! We're going to kill him. My father's going to sue the I wanted tonight to be special. I was excited about this one partly because I just love John Bernthal. I think he's great in everything. Yeah, it's a really it's an interesting movie that it, it really goes all over the place uh, tonally and and where the the story goes is is a bit surprising. But it's writer director John Polono. And it's his off-Broadway play, moving to the big screen. And you can definitely see how this was a play. It, it really centers around these three friends, uh, John Polono, also John Bernthal, and Shea Wiggum. Nice. Again, always love to see Shea yes, Wiggum. Yes, indeed. And um, John Polono's character, Frankie, he has just gotten out of prison. So he's back, and all the, all the friends want to get together again, and they're shooting the shit. And, they're, and so on that level, you get a lot of... I mean, they say some sexist things, some misogynist things, some homophobic things, but I think he's trying to comment on that negatively while still having some sympathy for these characters and the lives that they're living. So it's weird. On one on one hand, you'll be like, oh, and, and then on the other hand, like, okay, he's trying to do something with characters here. Um, so you get a lot of that, just a lot of talking and the old times and these crazy things we did. Uh, and then... They end up, boy, I don't want to give away too much, but uh, a major event happens and it turns everything on its ear and crimes may be committed and they may have to uh, cover up some crimes and try to think of a way out. And, And then you get more of an idea of what he's really trying to say about 
toxic masculinity, about uh, bullying, uh, and 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 things of that nature. Again, I'm trying not to not to give away too much. And also, it's it's weirdly darkly comic sometimes, especially Shea Wiggum's character. The thing, his character is a little offbeat anyway. Some of the things he blurts out at, at highly maybe inappropriate moments. It, it it's funny in a sort of, should I be laughing at this sort of way? So I did enjoy it. It's just, it's totally all over the place. And I'm not sure it it actually always nails what he was going for. Um, and, and there are some things that may turn some people off, definitely, in some of the uh, some of the phrasing that is used. But, but I think he's not, as a filmmaker, as a writer, I think don't point the finger for at him for going over the line. I think he's trying to say something here with his characters that is not always successful, but still pretty pretty well done. And I think it will hold your attention. And it's out in theaters now called Small Engine Repair. Well, let's get back to the horror. Young Leah lives in a large vicarage full of lost souls and the needy. In the day, the house is bustling with people. At night, it's a dark, empty space for Leah's nightmares to creep into. This is called Martyr's Lane. <laughs> This is a Shudder movie and uh, another one of the great movies that they have going on right now for spooky season. Yeah, writer-director is Ruth Platt. And somebody said, oh, you're trying to, somebody on on one of our socials said, oh, you're trying to trick me into watching something, another Martyrs movie. (laughs) No, it's not that type of Martyrs. It's its own movie that has no relation to the great Martyrs. This is Martyrs Lane, but still... Very effective. Yeah, and Ruth Platt, several years ago, she made a very, very small scene film called The Lesson, uh, a horror thriller that I thought was really well made. And I have been looking forward to seeing another horror thriller from her. This is more of a straight up ghost story, kind of a spectral horror. And it on the on the whole, it works really well. It does, um, you know, kind of cover some familiar ground. The performances, though, and the sort of. There's something very authentic about the family dynamic and the the way grief works its way through families. It's it's I, I was very impressed by it. Yeah, and it's on Shutter. A lot of good stuff on there lately. And uh, if you have the app, definitely worth checking out. Called Martyrs Lane. Next is the story of a dejected bartender and an aging drag queen trying to survive the eccentric and hostile nightlife of a corrupt city as a masked maniac slaughters young gay men and drains them of blood. This is Death Drop Gorgeous. Hiya, O'Hara. The body count of gay men continues to rise in Providence. Four dead bodies? You think people ain't gonna talk? Whether you like it or not, it looks like we got a serial killer on our hands. People at your bar are dead, and that could have been me. We could be next. (gasps) Any more questions, detective? Watch, watch the teeth. Ooh, it's the vampire. 
this one is absolutely the definition of indie filmmaking. And there are times when the budget does kind of show itself a little too much. But yep. and Rachel Willis reviewed this one for us at MadWolf.com. She was so impressed by it. You know, the performances are great. The writing is very sharp. It's funny. It's it's a bit of a slasher. So it is, in a way, it's a horror film. But, it, it, you know, it's also just a very savvy social commentary. It's got a lot of smart things to say about aging. And it's just... Uh, really enjoyable. Yeah, and the writers and directors, Michael J. Ahern, Christopher Dalpy, and Brendan Paris all get together to write and direct this movie. And yeah, just take a look at the trailer. You're going to know that, okay, the production values are going to go up and down uh, because of the budget, but hey, you can still tell a good story. That's right, absolutely. And, and make a statement, and they definitely do here. And yeah, check out Rachel's full review at MadWolf.com. But uh, it's on VOD this week, a recommendation for Death Drop Gorgeous. What's that? You want more witches? All right, we got them. A supernatural thriller with a witchy theme starring Cassandra McGrath. This is called Witches of Blackwood. There is something in those woods. Dark secrets. Buried corpses. Strange things. Trying to get out. A demon. She took the children. Babies. Now there are no children. It has to end. We've been waiting for you. I know who you really are. You have a choice to make. I want you. And your little one. Witches! Christy Robb covered this one for us at MadWolf.com. We had kind of high hopes. It's an Australian movie. We like witches. Christy and I, we like horror films about witches. And this one has Cassandra McGrath, who was the lead in one of our favorites, Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek. And she does does a decent job with this. She really does. But the story is very sloppy and can't really figure out where it's going. It feels tired and, at the same time, not very well plotted out. So there wasn't much going on here that felt fresh or new. And we were, uh, I think, all pretty disappointed by it. Yeah, uh, writer uh, Darren Markey, director Kate Whitbread. Yeah, definitely with those... With the, the resume involved here, there was a lot to get excited about, and it just fell a little short. But you can check out Christie's full review at MadWolf.com on VOD, available now, uh, Witches of Blackmore. And next is the story of a father who is imprisoned after committing a brutal revenge crime. He adapts to a new life of abuse, including injury and humiliation by guards and other prisoners. This is Dark Blood. Brandon Thomas reviewed this one for us at MadWolf.com, and he was very impressed by it. Now, it is primarily what happens after the revenge murder, so mm-hmm. it's 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 mainly a prison film. And as he said in the review, those can be bleak. Yes, and he was very impressed by John Leguizamo, who has built most of his career in supporting roles mm-hmm. and, and comic roles. He's done some action as well. But this one, he is the lead in a brand new type of role, and Brandon thought he definitely carried it, carried it well. Yeah, and it's a movie that, I mean, it does take itself seriously. It's certainly not a comedy. But on the other hand, it really walks a fun, an, an interesting line between sort of pensive drama and exploitation, you right. know, action film, and, and does it well. Yeah, so Brandon's full review at MadWolf.com. He was impressed. That is Dark Blood out on VOD right now. 
All right, hey, let's check out the lobby. See what's shaking. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. We're back in the lobby, checking in with Daniel Baldwin, a.k.a. the Schlocketeer. Seems like every week we've got movement, so what are you looking at? Uh, definitely some shifts in major ways and in minor ways. Uh, first, Sony has moved Venom 2 again, but this time they moved it up two weeks to October 1st. And I really wasn't surprised by that because there are at least two other movies coming out that day, but they're both day-and-date streaming releases as well. Okay. So that really takes off the pressure when it comes to the competition for it. Mm -hmm. But what's funny about that is (laughs) it moved away from October 15th, which is where Halloween Kills is and still is, but it was just announced uh, yesterday that Halloween Kills will now be a day-and-date release on Peacock Premium. (laughs) I mean, they they need subscribers, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. I guess they had their deal with uh, the WWE and got a bunch of wrestling fans bringing them some income, but they really need a boost, especially since they're not going to have any exclusive you know, films for probably another year. And this is, what? what's the release date still for Halloween Kills? The 15th. The 15th. October yeah. 15th, yeah. Well, you know, that's prime scary movie season, so it's going to be interesting to see how many people, number one, sign up for, for uh, Peacock, and then uh, number two, go for the big screen experience. I know that's what we want to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> also, for the people who haven't been able to get out to theaters recently, um, David Bruckner's The Night House is hitting VOD on October 5th. Yeah. So that's a pretty quick turnaround on that one. It'll be good to get more eyeballs on that because everybody that mm-hmm. I have seen or, or heard from that have seen it loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think it really got much. Well, I mean, you can look at the box office and see it didn't get much traction, but it didn't seem to really get much attention from horror fans online either. Same thing with uh, Don't Breathe 2 until it hit VOD last week. Yeah. And then there's been a lot more a lot more attention paid to that one. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be the same for the Night House. Then on October 8th, our beloved Muppets Haunted Mansion is hitting Disney+. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's excited. <laughs> I definitely am. Yeah, that's one where if we didn't already have uh, Disney+, Plus, we'd, get it we'd just be for having that. Disney+. Plus. <laughs> we'd get it just for that, for sure. Oh, yeah. Pretty much for the rest of my list here, uh, day and date is the name of the game, but in a reverse manner. Um, Lynn manuel Miranda's directorial debut, Tick, Tick, Boom, is hitting theaters on November 12th and then on Netflix on the 19th. So got a bunch more of those Netflix films hitting theaters a couple of weeks before their streaming premiere mm-hmm. date. Halle Berry's Bruised, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is also hitting theaters on November 12th, and then Netflix a week later on the 19th. Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog is another one. It'll hit theaters on November 17th and then stream on December 1st. That one stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith, McPhee, Thomas and McKenzie, and Keith Carradine. Yeah, I'm wow. really nice, excited for nice that one. cast. Yes, it is. And Netflix has also moved up their release date for um, Ardman Studios, animated film robin robin it was going to come out in december now it's coming out november 24th just in time for people stuffing their faces with thanksgiving leftovers (laughs) and getting something extra to watch and then on november 24th uh, the netflix drama the unforgivable will hit theaters and then arrive on streaming on december 10th and that one stars sandra bullock John Bernthal, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Viola Davis. I love Viola Davis so much. Stacked drama cast. All right. You can always catch up with the latest news from Daniel Baldwin at the Schlocketeer on Twitter. We always appreciate the knowledge.
Hey, thanks for having me. Coming next week, one that we're very excited to see. I think we see it here in a couple of days, don't we? Uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Also, Cry Macho. That is the new Clint Eastwood. It is. Okay, and Blue Bayou. And Cop Shop. Uh, the Conservation Game, somewhat controversial documentary. Already seen that. We'll talk about it next week. Prisoners of the Ghostland. Already saw that one as well. That was back at Sundance, it right? It was. Nicholas Cage. That is crazy. Also, What She Said. Lady of the Manor. And the Nowhere Inn. That's the crop for next week. Might be more. You never know. We'll check them all out next week. But uh, until then, what do you think about this week? Good stuff. Some bad stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe you want to see Malignant and maybe you loved it. Okay, we'll talk about that if you want. I always love to keep the conversation going. You can find us on Twitter, at MadWolf. Also on Facebook and Instagram, it's MadWolfColumbus. The main website is MadWolf.com. And don't forget, you want to join the team for Obstacle Corps. We would love to have you. You can check out the Indiegogo uh, video. We made a video giving you the whole story of how this started, where it's going. And also, you get a look at the perks, because when we're asking for your help fund-wise, we give back, too. There are some fun perks that you can earn. You can find out all about that at MadWolf.com or at any of our social. Yeah, check it out and join the team. So until next week, we hope to hear from you. Stay well. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. <laughs>